Welcome to the Monastic Retreats Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. Though it is absolutely wonderful and so peaceful to go on retreat, many of us can't go on retreat very often because we're busy. We're raising our families, we're developing our careers, and we're just busy with activities that keep us from spending a lifetime on retreat. So in this episode, we're going to look at how we can bring the monastic environment to our house. I'm recording this while I'm actually on retreat at the Monastery of Christ in the Desert near Santa Fe, New Mexico. It's a beautiful retreat center way out in the wilderness. And while I was here, someone asked me, how do we bring the monastic life home? I mean, it is so wonderful to go on retreat, but then we have to go home. And interestingly, I was planning on doing a podcast on this very topic. So while I'm here, I want to explore What can we bring home to make our lives more monastic? One of the easiest things we can bring home with us is the music. When we go on retreat, we're going to be steeped in beautiful music. Some monasteries have services up to eight times a day where the monks or nuns are chanting music throughout each service. And it's absolutely beautiful. We can bring that home with us. What I do is I listen to Gregorian chant, that's my favorite type of music, all day long at home. It's what I have on when I'm in my house doing my chores and my activities. And it reminds me, or it brings me back to the music at the monastery. Because of the great ability of recordings now, no matter what type of music we like, we can bring it home. And if we get a good sound player, it can almost seem as if we're in the monastery. The music can be that accurate and that well done and recorded. And for those of you who are familiar with Pandora, I found some great Pandora radio stations that play Gregorian chant. As our world is so rapidly changing, one thing we are able to benefit from these changes is to bring the most beautiful music to our homes. And when we're meditating and when we're praying, we can have this music on and it can be as if we are at the monastery and the monks are chanting in the background. It really can add to our experience being home. And even when I'm in my car, I still put on Gregorian chant type music so that it helps keep me in that peaceful place even when I'm driving. As when you live in a place like Southern California, you have to do a lot of driving. And one thing we should keep in mind is the reason that we find monasteries so peaceful is partially because of the music they play. If they were playing hard rock and roll or acid music, not that there's anything wrong with this type of music, but you'll never find it at a monastery. You just won't. You'll find very beautiful, peaceful music being played throughout the day, or there's quiet. We can do the same at home. One of the most important arguments I like to make about why retreats work so well is because the environment shapes us. In many ways, we're like a computer Whatever data we put in, that data is going to come out. So what type of music are we listening to all day? And that type of music is going to affect our soul. So we can so easily do this, bring home the most majestic, beautiful music, and we can have a front row seat if we listen to this music throughout the day. And it really can enhance our experience 
and make our homes seem very peaceful. One of the comments I get from visitors to my home is how peaceful it is, and part of that is the music that I play. When we play peaceful music, we find that we will enter the monastic experience. The next thing that we find at monasteries that we can bring home are icons. A simple definition of an icon is a physical representation of something spiritual. For example, the monastery I'm staying at right now, called the Monastery of Christ in the Desert, has a lot of sculptures of Jesus, St. Francis, paintings on the wall, and a lot of representations of spiritual messages, spiritual stories that are all over the place. Even in my room where I'm staying, there's a cross. So if we go to a Buddhist monastery, we're going to find a lot of Buddhist statues. And wherever we go, we're going to find that there are a lot of religious icons at these monasteries. Well, almost every monastery that I've ever stayed at around the world has what's called a gift shop. And those gift shops help support the monastery. They actually are a form of tithing. When we buy things at the gift shop, the monks and the nuns use that to live on. And many of the religious icons in the gift shop are made by the monks and nuns. So what we can start doing is we can start purchasing some of these icons and bring them home. And this will have three benefits. One, it helps support the monasteries, which I think always can use our help financially. Two, it reminds us of our monastic stays, because we'll look at those icons and say, oh yeah, I remember being there. And we may do that 10, 20 times a day. And it brings us back to our stay at the monastery. And three, it brings us back to the monastic life. We are reminded by the icons that we are spiritual beings. And by looking at them, by having them throughout our home, our homes will become much more monastic. Sometimes what can be helpful is have an area in our home that is more of our spiritual sanctuary that we make and we place our icons there because, of course, we often live with other people and we have to be fair and negotiate how we decorate our homes, of course. But in a negotiation, we have a say too. So we may designate a room or an area of our house that we say, this is our area and we want to have it to be very spiritual. And that can be a place that we go throughout the day or when we sit and meditate and pray. That's where we can do that. I think having the icons there will be a great way to help us really have that monastic experience at home. I think you'll find it a really wonderful experience. And if you like to shop, as many people do, it will be a really fun way as you visit places to start collecting items for your home. And more importantly, I think we'll begin to feel the spirituality almost oozing from our icons as they're around us because they remind us, because they're steeped in spirituality, we then can reflect and say, oh yes, we are spiritual beings. Let's go back to that place of being spiritual and don't get so caught up in this mundane world that we live in. We can truly have beautiful monastic experiences at home as we bring the icons into our house and perhaps create an area or a whole home that is very spiritual with icons throughout the house. Now these first two that we've talked about, we probably, if we live with someone, we'll have to negotiate with them as far as how often we can play the music and how much and where we can decorate our home. But the next two items I want to talk about that are very monastic that we can bring home, I don't think we're going to need to negotiate. 
I think anyone and everyone will love them, no matter who we live with, and we will find that this too will bring us back to the monastic experience. The first one is nature, both plants and flowers. When we go to monasteries, they are either in beautiful places or throughout the monastic grounds, they have beautiful flowers. I began noticing that many years ago, and then I thought, hmm, why do I start having flowers at home? It was one of the things I enjoy so much about monasteries is the beautiful flowers that I can both smell and touch and see. It really affects all my senses. And I thought, hmm, I'm going to start doing that at home. My grandparents were farmers, so though I don't have a necessarily great green thumb, I knew I could cultivate one. And over the years, I've gotten pretty good at taking care of flowers. And my home has flowers all over the place. They have it where I meditate, they have it in my kitchen, they have it in my living room. I love flowers. And flowers, again, remind me of being in a monastery, because it is one of my favorite things about monasteries, is the natural beauty of the monasteries that is reflected in the plants and the flowers. Now, like me, you may not be very good at it at first, but with time, you're going to get better. What happened to me was I got an orchid one time, and it lasted a while, and then I got another one, and it lasted a lot longer. And now I have a lot of orchids, and they last a really long time. And I've branched into other types of flowers too, of course. But we just get better at it. We get to feel what flowers need, how much watering they need, how much fertilizer, how much sunlight they need, the right spot in our home. And we just get better at it. And it's a lot of pleasure taking care of flowers too. There's a lot of joy in that. Because we get the experience of smelling them, of seeing them, of just feeling their essence throughout our home. And I think it's another way of bringing us back to that monastic experience is having flowers and plants as a reminder that we are part of the greater universe. We are part of nature. And nature is almost always where monasteries are. So let's bring the nature to our home. And again, be patient with ourselves. If we kill a few flowers at first, that's okay. We'll get better. Patience is a very good trait to develop. But we will get better. And with time, we may find that our homes have flowers throughout. And it really adds a beautiful ambiance to our home and how we feel about being at home, even though it's not the monastery. The next thing that we can do that I think everyone in our household will be pleased with is invite the birds to our home. How this started to me was I've been to monasteries, of course, all over the world, and I've always enjoyed the birds that visit the monasteries, and they're usually everywhere throughout the monastery. Well, last year I was staying at one of the monasteries near my home, and I was in the refectory, which is where you eat, and I was looking outside, and they had hummingbird feeders, and there must have been, I don't even know, maybe 20 to 50 hummingbirds coming back and forth to those hummingbird feeders. And it was so beautiful just sitting there eating and watching the hummingbirds. And I thought, hey, I could do this. So when I got home, I started researching different types of hummingbird feeders. And to my delight, what I discovered was there are hummingbird feeders that have suction cups that stick right to your window. So they're going to come right up to your window and eat. And I got one, learned how to make the food for the hummingbird, which is quite easy, by the way. And then I got another one because I really enjoyed it. Well, then I thought, well, I also really enjoy birds. 
So then I was also able to find two bird feeders that stick right to my window. Again, they're acrylic and clear. And I put bird feeder in there. And over the time, I've discovered great bird feed. And the birds come. And I, every time, go to my kitchen. I have probably anywhere from 2 to 25 birds waiting to get to my bird feed all day long. And I love it. It's just wonderful having birds and hummingbirds come to my house throughout the day. Now, maybe for you, the plants, flowers, and birds aren't that important, but they were to me. So discover what's important to you, what really reminds you or brings you to the monastic experience, what really stands out, and then bring that home. For me, I try to bring every aspect of the monastic experience home. And my home will seem like a small monastery in many regards. It's not that different than what the monks and the nuns experience. It's very, very similar. And we can all do that. The key thing here is patience. We do really well when we're patient. We're not going to do this overnight. We may have one icon and get one bird feeder. And it may take a month before a bird shows up. And we may forget to look at our icon. But with time, we get a good CD or good playlist to listen to. And we start having more and more things in our home that remind us of our monastic experience. And with time, our homes can be really very monastic-like. Very, very much so. It just takes time and effort and commitment. Even monasteries take time to build. They aren't built overnight. So we too can see our homes as a monastery in progress. And with time, they become richer and fuller and have more depth and spirituality to them. One last thing I want to talk about is our own person. What I mean by that is, think about what monks wear. Now, they wear different clothes, you know, they can call them habits, they can call them robes, depends on which tradition they are, but they typically have very distinct clothing that helps them stand out from other people. Mind you, when they're doing their work, they may switch into regular clothes, but for the most part, they're wearing their monastic clothing, and sometimes they're wearing jewelry. Well, we may not, again, wear a full habit, but what we may do is maybe instead of promulgating our favorite sports team, we'll wear our favorite saint on our shirt, or we'll get a jacket that has our favorite monastery. Every place, again, we go to has that gift shop, and in there, they're going to have jackets and shirts that we can wear, and jewelry, too, that we can wear when we're out and about. And I want to share two stories about how this can actually make a difference. A few years ago, I went to India, and I stayed in an ashram. Well, before I got there, I got this really colorful t-shirt of Shiva. It was very beautiful. It really was distinct. And I wore it when I was there. And what it did is, even though I was a Westerner, it made people kind of warm up to me. And they were, I got so many smiles and people pointed to my shirt. And it made a connection with me and the people there. And I really did get a lot of people come up to me and talk to me just because of what I was wearing. And this past year, I went to Cusco, which is in Peru. And it's a very religious community with a lot of monasteries and cathedrals there. Well, as I was walking about with my family, I was wearing a crucifix that I own. It's a very beautiful cross with Jesus on it. And this nun and her companion saw my cross, and they stopped, and they just started talking to me. And I could tell that they never would have approached me if I hadn't been wearing the crucifix. But I think even at a deeper level, as much as it does invite others to come chat with us and talk with us and meet us that we never would meet, it also reminds us that we are spiritual beings. 
And having spiritual things that we are wearing on our body brings us closer to our spirituality and God. And though it may invite others to approach us and talk to us about our faith, I think at a deeper level, a far deeper level, it helps remind us that we are spiritual and that we care about it. This is where our focus is. And the more we focus on it, as the more we create our home to be monastic, the more we will find that at that experience we have when we go to the monastery, we'll settle in our heart, even when we're out and about or whatever we're doing. And it's not that we have to do this all the time. It's totally okay to listen to different types of music, to go to different types of concerts, to be involved in different activities, to go and explore the world that isn't religious. That's totally fine. But it's a like dessert. If we want to be healthy, we have to eat well and have desserts sometimes, not make our main course desserts. In the same way, if we want to be spiritually healthy, we have to make most of our world very spiritual with having pockets of desserts of things that aren't. And what we'll discover is, with time, we too will cultivate a heart that is very monastic, very close to spirituality, and helps us to find God in every breath that we take. And two more things that we can consider in order to make our home more monastic would be incense and candles. In the more religious parts of the monasteries, we're going to find candles and incense burning. And often, like I said, the gift stores sell these so we can buy them in the gift store, take them home, and have the same ambiance we experience at the monastery in our home. So there really are numerous ways we can make our home more monastic. We can have monastic music, we can have icons, we can have flowers and plants, we can have birds, we can have incense. And we may just start off with a small part of our home becoming more monastic, but with time, we really can make our home feel like a monastery. So thank you for joining me on the Monastic Retreats podcast. If you'd like to explore more about the world of monasteries and monastic retreats and where we can go, please visit www.monasticretreats.com. That's monasticretreats.com. And if you're interested, and if you didn't know, I also create a happiness podcast where you can learn about the world of happiness. Please go to www.happinesspodcast.org. That's happinesspodcast.org. Until next time, be still, be at peace.